right, guys, I want to know something about you guys and the way that you think. Am I a weirdo about this? But I want to know if you've ever been able to use your subconscious to help you solve a problem. Young people and creative people ask me, how do you prevent having a creative block? And I'm the worst person to ask that to because my general answer is I've never had a creative block or not one I can remember because I've got this other partner that takes care of most of my problems. And that's my wife in real life and then my subconscious. You know there's that state that we get into like right before we fall to sleep, or right before we get up, that your brain is working and it's working for you. And I've been able to use this. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Aaron was asking me about some part for a camera. And I, I said, you know, it's not in the closet here. We can't figure it out. Maybe it's at home. And so that night I went home to sleep. And as I was just drifting away, it occurred to me kind of like in my mind floating around that I hadn't checked one spot. Mm. And there's a set of like little file drawers right to the right of my computer. And I looked inside and two compartments in was this piece that we were missing. It was an adapter for the camera. And I was like, oh my God, this is genius. It's there. So next morning I wake up, I go into that room, I go straight to that drawer, and it's sitting exactly where I had dreamt about it. Holy crap. <laughs> and it made me think about that movie. I think it's called Lucy with ScarJo. With Scar- classic ScarJo films. Okay. And they famously cite that the human mind only uses 10% the capacity of the brain. Now, I did a little research on this, and apparently that's some kind of falsehood. And in theory, we use 100% of our brain the entire day, but not all of it at once. So it's really about tapping the potential of your brain to solve problems. I want to ask you guys, have you had a story or a moment where your brain solved a problem? Maybe it was a creative problem, or it found something simple, or remembered a combination that you couldn't remember in real life, that you were able to tap in. You had your Lucy moment. Anybody here? Uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm John, by the way. I'm a classic shower thinker. When I'm in the shower, I get the best thinking of my day in the shower. I, I can't even point a specific problem I've had that I've solved because there have been so many. So that has a lot to do with some kind of autonomic behavior, something where you go into autopilot. So it's a form of meditation. And it's just at the point in the day where you're not hit with everything you have to do. And the only thing you can do is to be there. A lot of times this same phenomenon happens while driving. You can't go anywhere else, you can't do anything, you can't check your emails. And the fact that you have to concentrate but do something that's so natural to you puts you in a kind of very uh, like tranquil state of mind and you're able to think very clearly. But what we're talking about here is, have you ever had your subconscious solve a problem for you? Not when you're in the shallow, kind of like in between awake and asleep. Let's say that uh, I'm struggling to come up with a creative concept for a thing that I'm designing. And I'm talking about concept, not design. Concept, like what's going to create this emotion with somebody? What kind of imagery is going to do that? And I have a technique that I've developed ever since I was going to Art Center some 20 plus years ago. What I do is I research the heck out of a subject. I let it saturate and permeate my brain. I go to the library, I read, I, I look at articles, I try to consume as much information I can about the subject matter. Let it fermentate, yeah. Okay? And then, when I can't absorb anymore, 
I go to sleep. And when I lay in bed, I think about the things that I just learned. And then I go to sleep. Typically, by the next morning when I wake up, the idea is there. So it's almost like you're leading your brain into thinking about it while you sleep. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know, people who have lucid dreams, and I wonder if Lucy is like a reference to lucid dreaming. Oh. I wish I could have seen his face. <laughs> you know, this lucid state of dreaming where you're in control of the dream and you're aware that you're dreaming. I was listening to a part on how you can train your mind to lucid dream, which is you tell yourself before you go to sleep, I'm going to have a lucid dream. I'm going to look for the telltale signs that I'm dreaming. And once I'm aware of that, instead of waking up, I'm going to control my own dream. So it's the same idea. You're priming your brain, your subconscious, to do what you need to do. Now, does anybody know who wrote Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? As the story goes, again, you guys, I listen to a lot of radio, NPR podcasts, right? In a, in a time when um, writing short stories was becoming very lucrative, he wanted to write a short story, and he was very prolific, okay? And so when, what he would do is, prior to going to sleep, he would talk to himself in the third person. He says, we're going to go to sleep now, and I need you. And I think he gave his subconscious a name. I need you to go to work. I need you to write a story for me because we need to make money. It was super creepy. He was talking mm-hmm. about it like this, right? And then he would go to sleep. And then he had these dreams. And then he would wake up and he would just write those dreams. And obviously one of them became Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, mm. a man with two personalities. And he was really interesting. The irony. The irony, the irony folks. Right? Think about it, guys. So he employed his subconscious. And that's what I'm talking about, making your subconscious work for you. It's like you're the actor in the dream. You're also the writer and director of the dream. But the actor doesn't know that the writer's writing the dream. Oh. And the director doesn't know. It's some mind-blowing stuff if you think about it. Because your brain needs to know what's going to happen next. But you, in the, in the dream itself, you can't know what happens next. Like when you're running away from the tumbling rock or whatever it's going to be. You can't know that you're going to go left or that's going to go right. And so you're just in the moment. Some fascinating things. So there's like, almost seems like you have more use than you think. And that's what he used. And he literally did this. He would say, you know, we're going to go dream. And he wrote about this in his diary. That's how they know. It's quite fascinating stuff. So what have you guys done? Or have you? Or am I a freakazoid here? What's going on? Uh, you reminded me of something. I was, I, was, uh, I was sleeping. I had hit the snooze buttons, and then I fell asleep again. Hmm. And I was having this dream that I was, like, rock climbing up a, a rock. And then I was getting to a point where, like, the ledge sticks out. So, like, on top of me, there's probably a cool place to stand or there's something up there or a a cool prize or I don't know. And then right as I'm, like, struggling to get over and I got my fingers over, someone wakes me up or something woke me up. And I remember thinking, like, what was up there? Like, was was there something cool or what was going to happen? And I was all bummed out that I didn't get to see what was going to be on that ledge. And I'm like, well, who knows who's gonna? Uh, I should know what's on the ledge because it's my dream, right? So, yeah. But I didn't know. Yeah, but the author of the dream, the director of the dream, didn't tell the actor Aaron what was gonna happen. Mm. Yeah, so but I just, just don't know. That illustrates your point, right? That there's within me, there's a guy that, the writes the movie, and another guy that's just like, totally shocked at things. Besides right. the fact that you were disappointed and wanted to know, was there another point to that? 
I was just explaining that you're only re-emphasizing what was said. Well, that's what. But the reason I shared my story was to re-emphasize your point. You know? <laughs> mm, relating, okay. yes, I like it. Someone else can jump in at any time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't experienced that. Uh, that likens to the subject, but um, I edit videos. I'm a video producer, and occasionally I shoot weddings. Um, but the process in which I uh, sort of think about how to edit a wedding video is. It takes a few days, but a lot of times I'll just put everything together on a timeline after I shoot it and just look at the footage, but I really have to sleep on it sometimes, so I'll think about what happened during that wedding and think about the dialogue, but that's still a conscious thought. Uh, but I think the subconscious thoughts happen when, like you said, Rhino, right when I'm about to sleep, and that's when I feel like I was at the wedding again. Um, the emotions that came out, um, the people talking, the music that was there, and when I feel that as I'm sort of sleeping on uh, everything that I've sort of decompressed, the next day I go to edit, it, it almost seems like it comes back to me. Um, and I can arrange it in a more uh, meaningful way uh, to make sense. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's sort of the direction that you're, you're thinking of, the subconscious helping your, uh, helping your conscious. And helping well, your let me ask work. you this question, Mark. Were you editing the film while you were sleeping? Have no. you ever had that experience? Like, oh, I know how to open this, and I'll cut to that, and and then the then the body, the vessel. Once you wake up, it's just hands to what your subconscious came up with. That's not quite happened yet. Not quite. There have been instances where I thought of a particular way to do something, uh, like a certain way to cut something, um, and very you know sort of down to the technical, like how things should line up in the timeline. And mm. uh, yeah, I've I've caught myself thinking of those things subconsciously too hmm okay well I'll tell you guys this and you may not believe me but tell us I've written lectures while I was sleeping because I've you know I do lots of talks and sometimes they can be very stressful for me and I'm not a big believer in just regurgitating the same material over and over and since I'm consuming so much new information I always feel like I need to even rewrite what I just did because I've learned new things I want to add more nuance or more facts or stories and embellish and all that kind of stuff. And so those of you guys that have been hanging around with me for long enough, you notice that before I have to give a big new talk, I'm like walking around here like a zombie, right? Like, don't talk to me. I'm just processing and processing and I'm organizing thoughts. And I tend to do this. It's the same process over and over again. It's about consuming as much information as I can about this particular subject. And then I go to sleep. And I start writing it and rewriting. And it's not restful sleep because I just keep going over and figuring out threads. And I'm like, okay. And at some point, it makes sense. And then I wake up. And I usually in the morning, when I wake up, my wife is startled because she's like, why you got to get out of bed so fast like that? I'm like, what? I'm just getting up. Like, can't you just creep slowly and toss and turn like five times and hit the snooze? No. My whole thing is like, I'm ready. I have my idea. I grab the notepad. I start writing. And I start blocking it all out. Here it comes. And it's just like, please don't disrupt the flow, if you will. And I'm writing and I'm writing. And my hand cannot write as fast as I'm downloading because I know it's going to go away. It's like sand or water slipping through your fingertips. And you know this. Like, I'll never forget that dream. And then, yes, you do. Hmm. And it works out. And sometimes what I write it's not as good as I remember it. You know, because in your dream, you could applaud like how genius you are. And then you All read it 
and it's like a piece of garbage. <laughs> but I do do this. All the time. I've written lectures. And when I was talking before about, I, I used to be in advertising concept class. So we'd have to come up with an ad for, I don't know, Perrier or Michelin or something. And my instructor was brutal. If you didn't come up with a concept, he would destroy you in class. And so this is the pattern I kept going in over and over. And I think I started to hone and refine this. But I've had this process much longer than college. Where I sit there and process and you come up in the morning and say, there's the idea. And it almost seems like a gift because you didn't do it. But of course you did it. But it's maybe that director version of you and not the actor you. And it's such an exhilarating feeling because it almost seems like you have somebody that works for you that is smarter and more creative than you that you don't have to pay or give credit to. It's like the best employee in the world. I was going to make that joke at some point, Chris. I'm glad you took the initiative. And in terms of filmmaking jargon, it's almost like before you go to sleep, you're the producer. And you're like, okay, writer, director, actor, I gave you all the funds to do it. I gave you the stuff. Now do what you got to do. I'm going to step back. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, I think Good. that's part of it. Setting so. the stage and priming yourself to do that. So are you guys going to answer my question? Have you ever been able to use your subconscious to do some of your creative work or any of your work for you? Well, I think mine works a little differently because okay. sometimes, like, because I, I make beats, I make music. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, like, I'm laying in bed and it's that moment where I'm kind of falling asleep and I can just hear a beat start playing in my head because whatever, I was skateboarding down a mountain in my mind and I hear a beat and I'm like, that's a good beat. And then, like, I can't turn it off. It just keeps playing in my head. So then I have to wake up. And I write it down, I, I, you know, put the bass line on there. And then I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. And then I start jamming on it. So I guess that's kind of the same thing. It's close. Yeah. It's close. Basically, you were thinking about the beat and it drifted into your subconscious as you were dreaming. Right. But my extreme pure example of this is you're just thinking about, I got to write a score. Uh, Chris needs a new track for the show. Mm, and different. then you go to sleep and uh. then it's like bump, bump or whatever it is. And then your beat starts happening. And then you're like, wow, that's pretty good. But what if I arrange it like this and I do this? So you're doing all the work, but you're just asleep. And then you wake up like, oh, my God, I got to get on the keyboard and jam this out now because it's going to go away. Mm. Mark, what it about you? It happened to me, and uh, I don't think you're weird. I almost think it's, it's like a gift if mm. you can uh, you know, use those uh, sort of visions and that subconscious to help you in your daily work. That mm. would be Cool. I think I think you're gifted and weird. <laughs> a weird gift. Weirdly a weird gift. <laughs> All right. The reason why I think people have a creative block is this: is they tend to go into the making phase prior to having a full grasp and understanding of the problem. They haven't done enough research and thinking, and they go into making. So imagine if you were trying to bake a cake, but you only have sugar and flour. You're missing a couple of ingredients. And so they kind of just try to recompose the sugar and flour so many different ways that it doesn't produce anything. And I talk to designers all the time. Designers that work here, students, people online. And usually I'll ask them two or three questions about the project they're working on, and they can answer the most fundamental questions about the project. Like, for example, what did the client ask you to do? Oh, I don't know. And they give you some abstract answer. So what is this supposed to look like? Oh, that's some abstract answer. So what happens is they default into making mode. And it's very 
comforting as a creative person just to use the tools that you know because you know you put in enough work to get something and it's better to have something than nothing and I have the exact opposite philosophy which is I don't make until I know and so if we both have 12 hours to make something a different person would start making on hour one I won't start making until hour 11 the 11th hour there you go so I process so what I would advise you to do if you want to try my technique and see if you can employ your subconscious is this is have a framework where you truly understand what the problem is and do research now a lot of designers and I'm going to put this in air quotes do research and they just look at a lot of stuff they're not reading they're not thinking right that's all they're doing and if you read and you start to put parts and pieces together think about that right before you go to sleep and it only happens for me when I put in a couple days worth of work it doesn't happen on day one and I think it's like your brain becomes saturated and it becomes overwhelmed and so it bleeds into your subconscious so then when I slip into subconscious state my brain starts working it starts to reconfigure things and the answer usually happens now I also happen to have unlike Aaron a notepad and a pen by my bed because I know these things evaporate really quickly and so if it happens I wake up at 3 in the morning I'm turning the light and I'm going to write that thing down because I know it will be gone and it tends to work for me over and over again it is a little stressful I'll tell you because you're sitting here thinking about it you're putting like we were talking about at the beginning of the show you know 10% of your brain now that's a, some fic- fictional number but what if you use more of your brain to solve the problem how deep could you go what could you not uncover and solve all right that's going to do it for this podcast thanks for tuning in and listening to us and spending a part of your day with me really appreciate it and i want to talk a little bit about how we're able to do this so the future is made possible by some of our lovely sponsors and partners one of which is pond5.com if you guys need to get some stock footage after effects presets pond5 is the place to go and the future is also made possible by Matthew Encina, Greg Gunn, Scott Rothstein, Nicole Wasserman, and the entire blind staff, which I would not be able to do fun stuff like this and spend the day with you without their support because they run the business for me. The man behind the scene, the man with the plan, Aaron Zakelli. He's responsible for recording this, engineering it, doing the sound design, the editing. He pretty much makes this podcast possible. You can find him online as well. And of course, I have to thank Adam Sanborn, the person who composed and wrote the piece of music that you're listening to. You can find him at adamsanborn.com.